JP's on a, on a deadline. He's, uh, he's working quick. We better got to get to the printers. <laughs> get to the press. We better get going. <clears throat> when you have too many sound bites. <clears throat> Silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I am joined by the John and Jim Paxson of 8-bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John O'Peck and Brendan White. Boys, it's good to be back. Bonjour. What's going happy on? To, happy to hear your, hear your voice again and hear you're in good health and... Uh, Recovered from what ails you, so we've uh, we missed you the last couple of weeks, mate. Mm, yes. yes, it's uh, a mystery thrush uh, illness, <laughs> apparently, from the uh, injury reports that you gave last uh, last episode. But it happens uh, to the best of us, man. Don't worry. The Everyone end. gets yeah. it at least once. <laughs> Did yeah, not exactly. play thrush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good effort on uh, the episode uh, a fortnight ago, gentlemen. Uh, very very fun episode to go through. I was hoping I could. Uh, regale everyone of my uh, celebrity team but uh i don't think we've got the time really <laughs> you could Just- uh you could mention it really quick because we'll we'll make a graphic and actually share it I, I was half making it the other day but i thought i'll wait till because i knew you'd want to counter what we what we're bringing to the court so maybe maybe give us a rundown on your six players then we can just uh get get into the swing of things for uh episode what is it 35 of hoop dreams i think yeah 35. we're mowing through maybe yeah. 36 well, let's uh, we'll, we'll quickly jump through it. Point guard is Kevin Hart, um, you know, a legitimate baller, bit of an energizer bunny, um, and obviously a real charismatic PR man for the team. I think that's a good fit for for who we're going with. Um, shooting guard is Adam Sandler. Um, obviously, there's footage of him throwing just ridiculous dimes in pickup games wherever he plays. So, I think it'd be a pretty solid, uh, you know, <laughs> three and D sort of guy. He's but, got a nice uh, bank shot. Yeah, and there's all, always those footage. The footage of him playing with this dog is always very cute. Um, small forward. I mean, every team needs a bit of a bastard, so I've gone with uh, Chris Jericho. Um, he is a small, small forward, though. Like, I think he's he'd be six foot at best with some thick platforms. I reckon. I mean, most of my team is is within that sort of six foot range. So this is very much a small ball team. It must he's be got a big heart. He's about the lion heart. The lion heart, exactly. He's uh, he's got the athletic ability, and uh, I think judging by his willingness to take on, I guess, new personas of himself, he's uh, extremely mm. versatile. He's probably so. happy that he made your list as well. So that's yeah. nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, power forward is Snoop Dogg. Um, he almost actually went to play college ball, so he's obviously got the talent. Um, he's also got some height on him. I believe yeah. he's six, what six five or something, six yeah, six. Right. So he's a big boy. He's a big, big dude, um, and his choice in greens means he's pretty chill under pressure. So that's cool. That's fair. America's yeah. starting, starting to loosen up their stance on uh, medical marijuana or just marijuana usage in general. So uh, yeah, I think you'll be able to play the full season. <laughs> and uh, rounding out at the center position is Win Butler, obviously the front man for Arcade mm. Fire, legit hooper. He, I believe, he was the MVP for the Celebrity All Star Game in 2016. So he can play, he can definitely ball. He's got a mean streak. There's always the stories of um, him playing backstage before Arcade Fire concerts. I believe there was one 
uh, at Big Day Out in 2014, which was the last Big Day Out. And apparently, I believe he broke either a fan or a photographer's nose playing pickup ball. So he's uh, he's a bit uh, bit rowdy. So, yeah, yeah. A bit. That, that was a bit. Man, that band sort of burnt bright and then just disappeared, didn't they? They won like, was it album of the year? And it's like they won Grammys and stuff yeah, one year and then just the- went... Psh- no way. The, the who is who is Arcade Fire meme was uh, was a, a big source of uh, fun content. Um, they've been kicking around for a little while, but mm. uh, and uh, just to round it off, uh, six man is Brad Pitt because he played ball at uh, Kickapoo High School, and I just think that's really funny. That's true. Kickapoo. That's true. That's 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 not a bad line up there. Uh, we'll, we'll put it to the people. We'll get it get it to the vote and uh, see what the people say as far as which team would reign supreme in our celebrity draft. So uh, mm. keep your eyes and ears peeled to them socials in the coming days and uh, put your vote in, cast your vote, have your opinion heard. But if you're voting about mashed potatoes, I don't want to know <laughs> you guys can go <laughs> suck it potato for all I care. That was problematic for sure. Um, and just as a side, my celebrity coach would be Spike Lee. Anyway, uh, we're going to move along to the biggest takeaways in the last fortnight. Um and I'm just going to say it right now because I think it, the talk has been starting to, to pick up. This play-in series format that's, I guess, being now has become a thing after the bubble um, style. I'm not a fan of it, honestly. Um, <clears throat> I think the way it was done in the bubble was was good, sort of having like eighth and ninth as, you know, if ninth was maybe, what was it, three or four games behind, then that would have started like... Uh, if they were in, I think it was if anywhere from ninth and tenth were within one and a half to two games of eighth, there was a mathematical chance of getting through on the tawny. Like, I don't. It's, it's exciting, but um, and you know you're a bit hypocritical because you were riding them sons. Yeah, to try and get, get out of here, Mister Two C. Suddenly doesn't it? care about the clan. Get out of here. Well, to be fair, we wouldn't have made. Well, technically, we didn't even make it. You know, at the bubble, so it's not my, you know, not my cross to bear. So, <laughs> but my, I mean, my issue is like, it's seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth in this current playing series. Apparently, seventh doesn't need to be anywhere near this. To be honest, I don't see why they are being dragged into this. And you know, a team who is in tenth, who could be, you know, theoretically say like ten games behind eighth. They're just going to rest on their laurels, knowing that they can go to a play-in series and potentially nick, mm. you know, a, a, a playoff spot that they probably didn't deserve. So I think it's it, it probably doesn't reward the right uh, parties in this sense. But no, you, know, you see, like I uh, <clears throat> I want to dismiss this statement, good sir, after you talking <laughs> up the. Uh, the professional wrestling prowess of Chris Jericho and loving drama and storylines. How can you not want a bit of this? This has got some Royal Rumble type situations going, where a, where a team here could just come in at the at the last, you know, 29th or 30th entrant, and uh, you know, get their shot in the WrestleMania or the championship or the playoffs yeah. here. So uh, I'm I'm all for it. Give me some drama, but yeah. Raptors. Stop winning games and get out of that tent seed because they don't win the playing tournament. <laughs> God damn it! I think they're, they're definitely going for that March Madness kind of anything could happen kind of thing. And when you look at some of the teams that are sitting around that nine ten spot, like it's pretty exciting potential for like the the Warriors to be going up against the Mavericks. You know, Curry playing for his chance in the in the playoffs and just going nuts and. I, I do see your point, Matt, about a seventh seed getting wrapped up in that and 
I guess it's like, well, if you don't want to be in the playing tournament, you have to just try and win more games. So it does incentivize that top half to, to get out of the tournament. But then the the probably the best benefit is that you have teams like, I guess, the Raptors and the Bulls and uh, whoever, like even the Warriors, who if the playing tournament didn't exist and they found themselves six or seven games out of the playoff race, they might just tank it and just, you know... As Brendan wants them to, just throw the towel in. <laughs> We've been just trying. Get COVID like but, We've been trying, but our bench scrubs just keep turning into like Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and stuff. Like Chris yeah. Boucher went off today. Like we, <laughs> he went off on me last week in, in Fairmore. Yeah. I, I tell you, but the, like, the the thing is, it's oh, it's keeping all those middle of the run teams in with a chance. It's giving them something to look at and kind of squint and see the playoff future and pushing forward with with trying to win instead of just everyone tanking like it was almost like previously if you weren't in that top eight you were either nine and ten and to at this point in the season where we are now they were either making that run or they were going way off and just resting guys and trying to lose and it was i think that was really what uh didn't sit well with adam silver and a lot of those those higher ups that approved this kind of decision so it's it's difficult like like i said i i don't disagree with the idea of the play-in i think it's just the amount of teams that are involved it just it it doesn't sit right with me i think if it was still just eighth and ninth or you know you could even say eighth and ninth and tenth so like ninth and tenth play each other and the winner of that goes on to play eighth for that eighth seed that would have made more sense. But I think 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th is too much. And I think, yeah, you know, if you're a team, say like the Cavs, if they somehow theoretically went on a big run and and, and snagged like the 7th spot, you don't want to be the, the, the team who goes, we've worked as hard as we can to get to this spot. And then, you know, a team like, let's say the Raptors, who feasibly should be doing better than they are, comes in and just nicks it at the end you know, you would feel hard done by. So I'd I, feel I, hard done by as a Raptors fan I'd, too. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I'd say, you know, that's when you have to win. Like that's like game seven equivalent, like win or go home. So if you're not going to, if you can't get out of the playing tournament, how far did you think you were going to get in the playoffs as well? Especially if you're playing against like a 10th seed, like, come on. But, uh, but, but in, that, in that sense, like if a 10th seed goes and, and wins, you know, if they've only won, you know, especially if it's the East where they've only you know won 30 or so games they go in as the 10th seed to the playoffs miraculously it doesn't show a, a, a real depth of quality in in that conference at least they're going to get absolutely just wiped by the first seed you never know teams can get hot at, like you look at the nuggies last year you know they got yeah. hot at the right time and, and, the and ran through and the heat yeah like so everyone loves a good fairy tale story everyone loves a a good underdog so, yeah. uh, you know, I know you're probably just upset for your sons potentially facing one of these underdogs after the playing <laughs> tourney. You don't want to get yeah, flamed out in the, in the first round by the team that finished ninth and made it in at seven or something. He's scared of Steph. Come on. Yeah, I'm, well, it's it's it, at this point in time, it's Steph, it's Luca, it's yeah. like someone yeah. else. Like Spurs, yeah. even the Spurs are looking like, Fighty. I'm surprised at, like, I know good is a relative term in, in some of these discussions, but like, the Spurs aren't looking too bad. Like with this young core, they're, they're they, competitive. Pop's got them playing. They wiped the floor with us over the weekend, which is, uh, you know, 
not great for us, given that we were chasing that uh, that number one seed, especially after the, the Jazz loss to the Lakers. But yeah, I think that the Spurs could be one of those teams, especially in that in around that playoff position uh, or play in position, I should say, who could be you know the one to really look, watch over your shoulder. Yeah, I think they're playing for pride at the moment. Like we know they're probably not going to do anything in the playoffs, but they've got that streak of of you know winning you know, however many games. and Did they make the playoffs last year? No. Was, okay. I think last year was the I'll first year in, what, first 20 time, years or something? Pop or something, yeah. Well, I, I take back the streak comment, but they do have that pride where I guess I think the fans in that town expect them to make the playoffs. So that's what they're going for. And Pop doesn't yeah. like losing. So. Especially with that sweet long head of hair he's rocking these days. Looks fantastic. It's looks like Christopher COVID. Lloyd in Back to the Future. Yeah, the COVID sort of like just let it let the the locks flow. It's very Come nice. on, Demar, we gotta go back to the playoffs. <laughs> we have to oh, go man, back to great. when Kawhi was here. Yeah, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> oh man, um, Jono, you yeah. want to talk about the uh, MVP race? It's uh, hot and up. There's a mm. lot of candidates for this one. Yeah, I've been thinking a bit about MVP race and just the narratives that are intertwined with it and. I've decided that the MVP doesn't mean as much as we want it to because it's so interwoven with narrative and to the point that you can look at someone like Giannis who is potentially, you know, the MVP this year should probably be in like that conversation of the top three. But he it's really just like, should. He's just like not being mentioned at all because yeah. we just know that people aren't going to vote for him three years in a row. So it's like not even considered like he's not in the he's not in the odds you know it's it's Jokic is number one and then it's Joel Embiid who's missed time and pretty much everyone that you would have thought would be a contender is just dropping out through to injury whether it's KD Harden Kyrie's had his moments Tatum's had a whole bunch of injuries you know uh like LeBron has obviously missed a whole chunk of time after being one of the favorites and it's it's you look at a guy like Steph Curry who's just like playing out of his absolute mind. They're not winning enough games for him to be seriously considered. That's probably the issue is that you know you can't be the MVP if your team is the ninth or eighth seed. I think it's only happened once, and it it just proves I think to me that the MVP it's kind of like Time Magazine when they do their like person of the year. It's just like what, what's the, what's the cool thing this year like. Oh, uh, Russ averaged a triple-double. Let's give it to him. Oh, like, Giannis has won it two years in a row. We can't give it to him again. Mm. Jokic has never had it. Let's give it to him. Um, The fact that LeBron has only two of these awards for his whole career speaks to that. The fact that, uh, I hate to say, but Derek Rose has an MVP because he was the best player on the team that won the most games, and it was a cool story. Um, Like, he was awesome that year, and... I guess there's arguments to be made about who could have won it. And the fact that, you know, MJ only won like five or six of these when he was clearly, well, (laughs) he was clearly the best player for like at least 10 years. Uh, But, you know, Carl Malone had to win some and we had to give some to Charles Barkley. And it was, it's just like people get sick of voting for the same person. So I just have been thinking about that. It's something I've been, I mentioned a few weeks, a few episodes ago, how I hadn't been watching much basketball. I've been trying to watch like a lot more Warriors games the last couple of weeks because Steph's just been out of his mind. 
and just seeing how good he's playing and knowing he has like no chance at winning MVP because his team's not winning it just made me think about this topic what do you guys reckon I'm with you I'm with you like it's you know I guess it ties into what Matt was saying as well that it's just the the fantasy booking that happens behind the scenes almost to to make it get the most clicks and the most views and everything instead of like statistically like you look at you look at Giannis and he's averaging like two point or one point six points less than Embiid, averaging more rebounds, more assists, shooting at a higher field goal percentage, averaging just on the same amount of steals and point one blocks lower. But yeah, he's not even at the table this year. Like, mm. but it's it's the Embiid show because oh look, they're you know they're near the top of the East, even though he's played nine games less than than Giannis yeah. with probably a better overall team for. I guess the collective games that he has played in. So yeah, it's it's frustrating to me, but I get it. You know, they want to get as many eyes and subscriptions on this product as they can. So getting the new hotness or getting the thing that's nice and shiny happening this year, it's it's annoying to say, but it's in the NBA's best interest to try and turn these things over a lot because it's the new talking point. Instead of yeah, LeBron or MJ or whoever, they've won ten in a row. It's like yeah, cool. You know, this is predictable. This is boring. Give me something mm. new and exciting. Which yeah, sucks. and it's the media that votes for it primarily, so it's on them as much as as you know. I think you, you're talking about the NBA wanting to freshen things up, but it's yeah, it's it's those journalists that are there. They're watching the games, and they're you know, I, I think Carl Malone. There was, there was a famous article that was written about him the year that he beat MJ towards I think in '98 or it might have been '97, and it seemed to, to be like that big feature was the thing that swung a lot of votes towards the end of the season, and you can just feel like the momentum of these things as well. You can feel like, you know, a, a couple of um, interviews drop or there's a big quote from someone, and it, it just kind of swings the way that people are feeling about certain guys, or that that you know they might come out with a stat or something that's really impressive, or they might go, oh, Joel Embiid's missed this many games but if he plays the rest of the season then he's only played this many games less than player x that won it in 2015 or whatever and you just hear all these things that they throw out there to try and you know twist things to to where they want to go but i mean i think joe kitch is is gonna win the mvp this year if the nuggets don't drop out of that playoff race completely yeah no murray certainly hurts him now yeah, well, like, I'm more superhuman just, to a degree. Yeah, or does someone come out with him? an article saying, "Oh, look what he's doing without any help"? That's what. I, that's why I think he he's probably the, the front runner for it. I think he's been almost averaging what a triple double, yeah. I, I guess, over the last month or so. But I think the fact that his supporting cast has really sort of fallen by the wayside means that he's got to shoulder a bit more of the burden. And I mean, I've always seen MVP and I've taken it sort of quite literally like as most valuable. So like if you take that person out of that team, are they going to be more or less likely to win games without them? You know, you could mm-hmm. make the case for Embiid. Like you've obviously got Simmons there, but when Simmons fell away, the team almost relied on Embiid to just drag him to just drag the team through these games. So it was like, it's the same sort of thing with, with Jokic and to maybe even a lesser extent, uh, Luka Doncic. Like... You're relying on these players to get you through the games because if they're not there, are you going to win these games or not? So I think in that yeah. in that sense, I think Jokic is probably the front runner. And I think Yeah, you know, Jokic his, or Steph, man, for me. Yeah. As a pure like MVP Steph, exactly. removed like, from the team, how do they fare? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They would be like five and 
35 yeah. without Steph. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, there's so many different approaches to the MVP award because it's a nebulous thing. Some people take it like you, Matt, where it's like, who would make the biggest difference if they weren't there? And then there's people that are like, well, who's the best player on the best team? And then there's people that are like, who had the best stats this year? So it's it's really hard when there's not a defined... Yeah, like in the there's AFL, no rule for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> in football, it's like the best and fairest. So you're looking at these two specific things, but we're talking about something called most valuable and what's the concept of value yeah what what do you define as value that's the problem they need clear metrics of what this this award's based on because yeah it goes two very different directions depending on interpretation but that that'd actually be kind of cool if they did have like uh, a voting system after every game like a three two one brown low yeah. style yeah. voting <laughs> and just have like a an award for that at the end of the season i think that would be probably an easier way to remove any sort of bias from it you, you're going game by game which i guess is one way of looking at it but yeah i can see why you, there's so many avenues of sort of assessing you know what makes an mvp candidate but yeah it's such a great um bit of theater as well the, the brown low counts that they do you know yeah. three <laughs> votes silby it's like you know when you need the two votes to win and you get one vote or whatever it is like there's it, a lot of room for drama which it'll be it'll be antetokounmpo and then it'll be like Costas or yeah. Thanasis, and he just won't get the votes he needs. So. Uh, yeah, Brendan, have you got anything for the biggest takeaway from the last fortnight? Um, I've, I've sort of fallen into the into the trap that JP was talking about the last few weeks, where just sport in general for me has been a tough watch. I'm uh, a lot of teams I support at the moment aren't very good in many many codes. Uh, the Bulldogs Ooh. in the NRL break my goddamn heart all the time. So it just like. I'm very selective with what I put my time into as far as watching sport at the moment because I don't want to feel like I've wasted two, three hours of my day or more, you know, whatever time it is I'm watching these things to get a result that leaves me brooding and upset. And even like, and I'm having that at the moment with the Raptors where, you know, as a team, as a, pl- a fan, you want to support them and see them winning, but I'm getting frustrated because they are winning when they shouldn't be and then <laughs> like they, they got fined the other day the nba fined them twenty five thousand dollars for yeah, for resting players and they're still winning like utah and random xyz and like kem birch who they got off bloody off bloody who got uh cut the other day they're coming in and having like career games every other night and it's <laughs> killing me we're slapping dudes at the moment it's so frustrating but yeah, I'm just excited for the finals. Whether my team's in it or not, I'm excited to see some of these young young studs hopefully hopefully make it. I'd love to see Zion and, and the Pellies claw their way into the playing tournament and stuff like that. I want to see Ja get in there and do his thing and like Luca on the big stage and, and see like I know Lillard's getting a bit older, but like, you know, he's he's just a playoff savant. I love watching him. So I'm just excited to get into some good, meaningful basketball again. Cause it just sort of feels like I'm in this weird holding pattern right now where I don't really care because, you know, they're, they're just meaningless results for at least my team. But also I just want to see see the teams get to the big dance and see how it plays out. Funny, you didn't mention Phoenix in that uh, group of playoff potentials there. Disappointed. Oh, well, they're a given. Like, and they're <laughs> second. Like, I was talking about guys in 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th there. So, uh, yeah, I think everyone knows the Suns are doing pretty bloody well right now. So I'll, uh, I'll tip my hat to your uh, your Phoenix boys there. I have, a, I have a theory about this that I've just come up with. So there's no stats behind it. But this is a wild season, right? With a lot of players like playing, I guess, apathetic, 
not everyone's locked in. We didn't have the usual off-season, the training camp. Uh, there's COVID tests happening everywhere, mm. people sitting out games, people, whole teams sitting out, postponing games. I'm wondering if the success of teams like Phoenix is partly due to some of those more formidable teams in the past kind of cruising a bit and it's not to say that the Suns aren't good but one or two seed like come on like Tilby come on like <laughs> the stats don't lie so <laughs> I love that you're just the looking for an excuse lie. to throw some shade like you're like I've got no stats for this but uh no, I think COVID's you look at like, like teams like the Clippers like and the Lakers and obviously they're not like running their best teams at the moment and there's injuries and stuff but I think that, that there's not really there's not really a let's win as many games. I don't think that I don't think teams are really playing flat out. To be honest, no, I wouldn't say not all of them. I'd hundred percent agree not all of them are playing hundred and ten percent on the court every day. But I think I think there are some teams that are giving it a good crack. Like on the other hand, you look at like the Jazz. They've been one of the best teams in the NBA all yes. season. See, I, I think we've got a couple floor. of teams that are trying to prove themselves still because like the Jazz were so disappointing last season, and the Suns have obviously been disappointing for a long time that you have these guys that are kind of hungry and they're playing flat out and it's making them look a lot better than i think that they might be revealed to be when it counts in the playoffs but that's just a theory we'll see how it plays out yeah we'll see, we'll see. i think we'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> yeah, at we'll see. Uh, the sun so we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, any more for any more negative all, good. all right let's move on basketball it's- jumping into basketball bits some weird and wonderful stories going on in basketball right now and uh kicking it off with some uh, sneaker talk as always i like to uh keep things fashionable as much as possible <laughs> nike have released the kd14 kevin durant's signature shoe he becomes the third player to have 14 or more signature shoes equaling mr michael jordan and mr lebron james um but equaling like e- is equal with mj both MJ and LeBron have at least fourteen or more, right. so, so he's he's joined that. Right, so he's he's in that bubble now. Yes, but he hasn't got as many as as them. Like, no, I'm assuming <laughs> we're just ignoring like all future like Jordan yeah. pairs since he obviously stopped playing and he's got his own line. Like I'm assuming it's just proper on court wear like this that yeah. while he was playing went up like, with his. But the fourteen like, still a good. Good amount of Jordan Jordan's on like thirty six now, and I think LeBron is on either eighteen or nineteen. So yeah, it's just the use of that word equaling that I was like, hold on a sec. But I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. I worded that terribly, but uh, <laughs> one thing that is also balls, Tilby, you've got to got to remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know. One thing that's also pretty terrible is this colorway for the KD fourteen. Um, yeah, man, it looks it, it reminds me of like remember that show The Nanny. It reminds oh. me of like, oh, like it's a Fran Drescher dress. Yeah, it's like her and her mum, like that, like middle-aged Jewish woman with the kind of half see-through like top. <laughs> like it reminds me of that kind of thing with the skin color underneath. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, the silhouette, nice. it, sil- silhouette is nice. I think the yeah the design is is pretty neat. The the sort of sort of sharp strap on it is is pretty cool. But yeah, yeah come on, Kevin, you got to get someone. Uh, you know, changing up those colors. 
If, it's all, the, if um, it was solid black, it would even be better than that. Yeah, I, think, I, think. I think I don't hate the pattern the most. I hate the random silicone bit draped across the middle of the shoe. Like it almost yeah, looks like strap. someone I just cool. someone just chucked a, a used condom across the shoe and he's just walking <laughs> with it. It's like, ooh, that's gross. <laughs> don't like it. You, you got Jono there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Especially like that one. And uh, hopefully we'll see some interesting uh, colorways for that one coming out soon over the course of the year. Um, a very proud moment for Australians everywhere as mm. uh, Shyla Heal, of course, the daughter of uh, Australian basketball legend Shane Heal, has been drafted eighth overall in the WNBA draft by the Chicago Sky. Um, she, I believe she becomes, I think, the fourth Australian to play, or the third, sorry. Um, to I play. think, no, third drafted in the top 10. From what oh, I'm aware of. Well, I, I was going to say uh, drafted from fourth person drafted from the WNBL for the Australian. Oh, nice. Without playing in uh, like a US college. So right. Lauren Jackson and Liz Cambridge come to mind as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Penny Taylor as well. Uh, so in esteemed company um, and given the fact that she was picked straight out of the, the WNBL uh, is, is testament to... What they're producing in that league, and she was uh, dominating too. I think she was averaging like twenty-five, like eight and five or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was. She was it on was a wild. tear. Yeah, and and like she's only nineteen as well, which is mm. she's got definitely some uh, some room room for improvement as she gets older. But um, always good to see more Aussies making it abroad um, and uh, making a, a bit of a splash as well. Is uh, Mister Alexei Pokusevsky. And this sort of happened, I guess, over the last fortnight, uh, just after you guys had recorded your episode. But uh, this photo was doing the rounds. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll find a way to, to put it up so you can all see it. But this <laughs> was his post cover. That's got to be the cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the post game interview drip. Uh, we're going to call it. Is um, he looks like me? I thought he, he, he does at, look a little bit like you. Um, I'll, I'll just do more the, awkward um, looking than you. Yeah. Just quietly. His next bit. <laughs> He's got that long neck going on, doesn't he? Well, I mean, <laughs> what? Well, are, yeah, and what are they like? I'm going to sound old here, but like in the in the notes here, yeah, you wrote Pokashevsky with the drip. I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm not going to Google. It. I'm going to wait till the episode <laughs> to to get explained about with the drip what that means. Drip is drip is like uh, the new word for swag. Ah, oh, so style Jesus swag. Christ. So you know, the future is now, old Did man. Did you know that, JP? <laughs> I you knew it didn't. with the context that it was <laughs> written in. But, I thought yeah. at first because of that photo you used, like it looked like his his head and like his body's like dripping off, like it's a long <laughs> like drop. A, I'm like, like an ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Oh dear, and I mean the shirt isn't that much better either. It looks like some Ed Hardy bullshit, mm. <laughs> especially with the OKC background. Kind of yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, well, fair play to him for, for having a go. I feel like uh, too many. Like you wouldn't see like Pozingas or someone who looks really out of place doing something like that. Mm. So um, fair play to him. We'll have to and keep it, an eye on his fashion choices going ahead. Yeah, see see if he remains. Uh, is does he st- if he st- does he stay dripping? Is that what you say? Yeah, he he keeps with the drip. Just maintains oh, the drip. Keeps with the drip. Okay, so it's not drip. Like he's not looking dripping. It's like yeah, he's he's got. Um, Good drip. Yeah, could. Is that what he's you got... say? Like, oh, I like that guy's drip. Yeah, he's got some quality drip. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, some prime drip. So some prime. Uh, That's the episode title right there. Prime, prime drip, drip with that photo. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> drip, we'll drip. To... <laughs> like that, 
we'll have to do a, a who wore it better and I'll see if I can find a pretty like colorful shirt and just do that yeah, strike yeah. that pose and you have to do that exactly like make your neck as long as possible <laughs> maybe even photoshop it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's geez. almost like if we took you and you know when you like resize an image but you don't like keep the proportions right <laughs> <laughs> you just like stretch out the head make it a bit like thinner like in the face and then there boom or you, you know when windows operating systems glitches and you just move the the toolbar oh, yeah. it just and creates the, the, stays the, ripple of, the ripple effect that's yeah. what happened with his neck there <laughs> Oh, he's he's probably a genuinely lovely bloke and we're just ripping on him i feel so so bad oh he's, dear. he's the one all right look for himself well yeah exactly but uh someone who has definitely done well for themselves and uh for we're, we're sad to announce obviously and discuss the news but uh of course nba we'll say legend at this point lamarcus aldridge <laughs> has uh officially yeah. retired after a 15 year nba <clears throat> career i mean this guy probably came, comes under the I guess the the listing of underrated NBA legends, you'd say, at least in the last sort of twenty years. I think so. He was one yeah. of the, one of the best big men for a good long while there, especially in his Portland days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, never played for like a dominant NBA team that just mm. like just destroyed everybody in the way that you know an Amari Stoudemire or a KG did. And I don't think he's. I think he's probably had a better career than Amari, but he's nowhere near the the KG kind of level, I think, because of, you know, what KG did defensively. But as an offensive big with a mid-range game, that's something that's so rare or was so rare for the majority of his career that I think it it really made him stand out, especially the kind of back-to-the-basket, kind of that shimmy, fadeaway kind of mid-range game that you haven't seen as much until, like, the last few years as guys the big guys have started to step out more. So yeah, he's definitely a, you know, pun intended trailblazer as far as uh, <laughs> that, uh, the, the, the big man bringing back the jump shot go. He had a lot of moves that remind me of David Robinson, his prime. So yeah, sad to, to, to see that it has to end with, you know, a bit of a health scare, but glad that he, um, you know, is going out while he was still relevant and of course healthy healthy enough yeah. to, to like you know do whatever think, he wants to do next yeah i think that was the, the the more shocking part of it was was how he sort of announced it obviously he they played the lakers i think was it last week or over the weekend and um a regular heartbeat from him um took him to the hospital and they, he sort of made the decision um that that was it he had actually i think he had a couple of like sort of heart or cardio based scares over the course of his career and and mm. he was almost you know going to give it up a, a couple of years back but um i mean for the the year, the career that he had over the the 15 years i mean 1029 games almost 20,000 career points um almost 9,000 rebounds five all nba appearances seven all-star game appearances and third in blazers all-time scoring behind drexler and lillard like people were sort of at the, at this point now that he's retired have sort of been like does he make the hall of fame and and people were saying that um any any sort of past players who had um reached 20,000 career points or more bar i think like three players mm. two of them being Joe Johnson and Antoine Jameson all of them had made um the hall of fame so there was a, there was a sort of a case to be made i think um but i mean 
it almost seems certain that they're going to retire his number at least. Yeah, I think he'll make it. I don't know if it will be... I don't think it will be like a first ballot kind of deal. I think it will take a few attempts for a guy like him to get in. You know, Chris Webber still isn't in there for some reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the Blazers... Reti- I don't know what their precedent is for retiring numbers. Uh, I assume that Drexler's retired. Sabonis, maybe... But you'd think, yeah, with um, the bulk of those milestones coming in Portland, you'd you'd think that there would be a, a popular move. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was just so weird, I think, given that he'd only just signed for Brooklyn as well. I yeah, think. we were talking about, God damn it, you know, like he's, he's a shell <laughs> of what he was, but like he'd give them some good minutes and, and yeah, yeah spot, spot duty in the playoffs. And then he went, you know what, my heart's... Not in a good place, like literally. literally. <laughs> you know, I got to do what's best for for myself, and and, I, and you can't fault the guy for that. Like, you know, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. It's crazy too that uh, he could have been a Chicago Bull. Like he was picked second overall, yeah. and uh, then oh, there yeah. was that trade traded. trade with Tyus Thomas and uh, Brandon Roy, where they sort of moved around around teams and uh, didn't end up with the Bulls. That's the uh, the fantastic Andrea Bagnani draft, uh, our only mm. first ever overall pick, and we grabbed. Big Pizza instead of uh, instead of Aldridge because they didn't think him and Bosch could coexist. So uh, yeah, that was my heartbreaker for many years in the uh, mid to late two thousands. I think it was interesting as well. Like I'm looking at on Basketball Reference, and they were sort of not only predicting his Hall of Fame likelihood, which was fifty percent um, out of a hundred, but they were sort of also comparing stats wise and and who was sort of similar. And they did say the closest person to um, Aldridge was a Chris Bosch sort of. Sort of type players, yeah. which I think now that you've got the the benefit of hindsight, it's like, well, that could have been different, but but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, similar it, some similarities there because Bosch's career was ended abruptly with some heart problems as well. Yep, mm. um, and you know, similar kinds of careers. I think if you put Lamarcus on those Heat teams, then it would be Lamarcus with the two championships and the surefire Hall of Famer. Um, as you know, we look at Chris Bosch, like he's definitely getting into the hole, and there's a bit more of a question mark over Lamarcus because he just didn't play for those teams. Yeah, just quickly, I think I asked you guys already, but there's no chance of him getting a ring if Brooklyn win, is there? No, I don't think big I fat don't duck think, egg. Yeah, there's like a minimum number of games usually. Although, who knows? Like <laughs> Blake I, I Griffin's thought, going to immediately yeah. power up and be like, "I want my ring now." I thought there were like rules and things like that but then you have these stories like Jonas Valanciunas with the raps where they got to this like the players got to vote for whether he got one so it's like wait did they say did they say yes or no no he didn't get it but like and and he played I think it was (laughs) they said nah screw him (laughs) he played the first 30 odd games of the season where Aldridge played what one and a half games with you know so there's there's a difference yeah, <laughs> I was just, and it'd be just like a pity saying, ring. Like if I was Lamarcus, yeah. and they said you can get yeah, a ring. You wouldn't like, I don't want this. <laughs> that's like you're putting that up for charity or something. If you, if that's it's like the participation award, the the ribbon you get at the end of the race. Like you tried. Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody but, gets uh, them these days. Well, yeah, exactly. But uh, yes, big congr- uh, congratulations to Mr. Aldridge on a wonderful career, um, and hopefully he does get some sort of uh, likely recognition, at least from the blazers hopefully his uh, number will be in the rafters sooner rather than later but uh we're going to move on to a, a special john 05 and 5 
Five minutes. Five. 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 In five minutes. All right. So we've got a special five and five today that does connect with Lamarcus Aldridge. Ooh. Um, before we start the the timer or whatever you're doing, Brendan, I've got a timer. Just tell yeah. me, uh, tell me when you want to hit that button. All right. So the the topic is five teams that should have been a lot better than they were. Oh, this will be good. Right. <laughs> and feel free to chip in with like some uh, comments after each one because we've probably got enough time. All right. Okay. Start the timer whenever you're good. Okay, so the first one off the bat is LaMarcus Aldridge's Blazers, especially the 2014 roster. You had Robert Lopez, LaMarcus Aldridge in their primes, Nicholas Batum and Wes Matthews with the young Damian Lillard and a rookie CJ McCollum. So that's an awesome roster. Uh, they won 54 games and that was when I was all like, about Batum like he was one of my fantasy guys he was like a guy that could do absolutely everything for you Wes Matthews was the perfect kind of like third or fourth option on the floor as as a scorer and I guess we didn't really know what CJ was going to become but you just think about what that team could have been if they stuck together if Batum didn't go to Charlotte and sign a massive contract and stop trying if LaMarcus didn't ship out and and Wes had some injuries as well but I just think what could have been because that team was so much fun Mm. Yeah, it's just a shame what Batum came afterwards. <laughs> and I just, I've never rated Robin Lopez, just just putting it out there. He's he's the, the poor version of his brother, but he's still hanging around. Like, power to him. Like, the longevity yeah. <laughs> in some of these guys' careers. Like, it's because he's big and tall. Like, you know, he's still getting uh, cash, but... He's, he's got yeah. a role. He's, he's played a, a role as the, you know, the defensive big man that can do a couple of things on offense. But yeah, you don't need to do much when you're playing with those guys. Anyway... The next one is the Jimmy Butler Timberwolves. I think 2017 was the season that he was traded over there for Mr. Levine. Uh, He had a pretty good season there with Coach Thibodeau leading the way and averaged 22 points a game. obviously playing with a younger Carl Anthony Towns and and Wiggins. They had uh, Jeff Teague before he was completely useless. They had, (laughs) you know, a, a gorgeous Jiang on the roster and it was just a a team that I was very excited about what they could do but it wasn't to be they made the playoffs the eighth seed they broke that big streak of uh, years without making the playoffs they lost in five games to the number one seed Rockets and then from you know we all remember what happened next where Jimmy kind of blew up at everyone in practice got himself traded to the Sixers and the Timberwolves have never recovered. So that's yeah. a real shame. I thought that that team was going to be a bit of a dynasty. They had some potential there. Like, uh, it was nice to see because they've been a laugh. They were a laughing stock for many years before that and now many years since that. And uh, yeah, if, if Butler could just swallow a bit of that competitive anger and just intensity and, you know, roll it back another year, they could have been, they could have been. You know, I don't think they'd ever be the top of the top of the West, but you know, they'd be they'd be in the playoffs year on you year. I reckon. I think mm. he did the right thing in hindsight because you look at what they've done since he left, and they haven't really shown that competitive fire that he was kind of lambasting them for lacking. So he's you know he's made his uh, his vibe very clear since then. <laughs> I think he's thriving where he yeah, is at the moment. Exactly. So. <laughs> the next team is Run TMC. 
So the the Warriors back in 89, we all know Chris Mullen, uh, Mitch Richmond, and Tim Hardaway. Very exciting trio of uh, offensive players. I think they led the league in scoring for two seasons. That was a very short-lived dynasty for them, though. They won 44 games each of the two seasons. The first year was good for a 10th seed. Second year, a 7th seed. And they lost 4-1 in the first round. So for a team that, you know, you hear referenced all the time, even 30 years later, they didn't really do that much. I think it was just a cool kind of gimmick, a bit of a, a branding thing. It was these three... It was the 80s, like players. what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, and um, you just kind of... You wouldn't have thought back with all the hype that they still get as a, a team that kind of barely made a dent, but that's, that's what it was. And I guess they were a great NBA jam combo oh yeah (laughs) i don't don't even know if they were still together when the game came out but (laughs) tim hardaway and um yeah chris mullen was definitely part of the part of the the golden state squad that's for sure in nba yeah mitch had shipped out to uh the sack kings Kings, yeah but um anyway next on the list is one that uh, brendan might remember the orlando magic in 2000 slash 2001 so this was the year they landed two massive uh, acquisitions in Grant Hill from the Pistons, who was a MVP candidate for a few years leading up to this, and big old T Mac, straight out of Toronto, yeah. who absolutely transformed. He went from oh, that's five minutes already, is it? That is five minutes, but um, we're having fun, so I'll keep going. We'll play you. We'll play you back. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so from 15 points a game with the Raps, he exploded to averaging 26 points a game which is phenomenal for the era that it was. Like, it wasn't the the high-volume shooting that we have now. And uh, I guess the Raps never saw it coming because they kind of let him go. And then the disappointing thing is that Grant Hill that season only played four games due to injury. The next year, he played 14. Then he played 29. And then he played zero. And then T-Mac was gone. So they got to play 47 games together in four years. Two of potentially what would have been the best, you know, the duo of the the era, the early 2000s, to go along with, I guess, your Shaq and Kobe and your uh, whoever else at the time. But it just wasn't meant to be. Grant Hill's career never quite was the same again. He was a valuable role player, especially in Phoenix. Um, sure was. In the, in the later 2000s. But that's it. Uh, so... Definitely could have been a lot better if things had uh, hadn't gone so south for Grant Hill's knees. I think the last team on the on the list five and five or five and ten. If we're getting a bit closer to that, <laughs> uh, you might remember these five words on Sports Illustrated. This is going to be fun. I think that's what it said, um, and it was the Lakers with Dwight, Kobe, and Nash, along with Paul Gasol in 2012-2013. It was huge, you know, the, the, the two big free agents of the offseason. You know, Nash was finally released from, uh, I guess, what you would call a uh, not nice situation in Phoenix. Purgatory. Yeah, purgatory <laughs> after, I guess, Amari had moved on and he was stuck there holding holding the, the tab for the, for the bar. And uh, it was just a dysfunctional year. You know, Dwight Howard clashed with uh, Kobe, clashed with D'Antoni. Nash was hurt, wasn't quite himself. I think it was back issues just constantly. And after that season, they lost in the first round. 
instead of being the you know i think people would have been looking at them as the you know favorite or one of the favorites to to win the championship that year and it was kobe's last good season before his uh i think before his achilles injury he averaged 27 points a game that year it might not have been before the achilles but it was his last good scoring season uh, with uh yeah as i said 27 points a game and kind of wasted with uh, Dwight Howard yucking it up in LA. So, wasn't to be. And uh, that's that's the five teams. I feel like uh, Dwight got his, uh, his his karma, his retribution by uh, yeah. coming back to win win that ring all those years later. So, With a much smaller role, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, he made me 50 bucks the other day. So, thanks, Dwight. Appreciate it. Oh, he did? What happened? Oh, one of my Topshop moments sold because it's part of the current... Cool cats. Oh yes, I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> campaign or whatever they I'm having a blank. What do they call them? Uh, challenge. Challenge, yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, sneaky sneaky fifty USD for Dwight, so thanks. Thanks, uh for nothing. <laughs> yeah, he'll uh he'll go and uh, what mind his boa constrictor or anaconda or whatever it is that he's <laughs> minding now, so hopefully that doesn't have thrush. Well, exactly. But uh, yeah, big thank you for that one, Jono. It was uh, good to hear some some of the, the historic teams as well. I didn't really think of Run TMC as a, a bit of a, a bit of a dud team until now, <laughs> but I look at them in a different light. Who but, would uh, who would be the modern version of that? Where it's like yeah, flashy and and fun, but ultimately oh, um, shallow. D'Antoni's seven seconds or less Phoenix team. They they made the conference finals though, so I'm going to give them some props. Yeah, true. There's okay. got to be someone more recent than that, though. Right now, it's the Clippers. Oh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good pick. Yeah. As we, uh, if if we keep on that, uh, we'll be debating all night. But uh, we should get on to the final segment of the night. And be careful where you point that thing. You blow your own face off. Yes, listeners, we are in the final segment of Hoop Dreams, episode 35. We're talking about none other than Shoot from the Hip, where I'm going to throw a handful of questions at my fellow co-hosts here. They get zero time for preparation or clear thought. Uh, I obviously know the questions. I have pre-answered some of these already. I, there's been no funny business. I have not got the inside track. So, full You're a man of your here. word. I respect you for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna not gonna lie here and uh, you know get the get the cheap points. But uh, let's start things off with question number one of. All right, so the John first question. John is enjoying that one. <laughs> it's, it's a banger. The Brothers Osborne. It's dance time. I need to get them on the podcast. All right, so <laughs> the first question, uh, Matt Till, we're going to throw it your way first. Which team, okay. as of today, so we're talking April 19th, 2021, has the current longest active winning streak in the NBA? Which team? Ooh. Is it the... Yeah, I was going to say the Jazz, but they literally lost over the weekend. Um, the Sixers. So you're going with the Sixers? Yeah. Jono, what are you going to go with? I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> going to throw out the Celtics because I saw them beat the Warriors yesterday. Okay, you went with the Celtics. I had the Sixers down as well, full disclosure. And JP, you are correct. It's actually the Celtics and the Knicks <laughs> currently with six wins apiece. So the oh, New York yeah. Knickerbockers and the Boston Celtics are the current leaders, uh, like we're running the current longest NBA active streak. We're going to flip that question now and go, as of today, see April 19th, which team has the longest current active losing streak in the NBA? 
Oh, this may, this may be catch. like three teams to pick from in yeah. this one. Um, and it's just like trying to pick which one. Which one won recently? recently. <laughs> I, I get the feeling the Timberwolves won recently, so I'm going to go the Pistons. You're going to go the Pistons? Okay. JP, where are you going? Uh, I have to just say the Rockets to be a bit different. You're going to go the Rockets? I completely forgot the Rockets. I, <laughs> I know this one because um, my team beat this team today. Oh. And it's the Oklahoma City Thunder currently rocking a 10-game losing streak. Oh. And if we're talking about your other teams, yeah, the Rockets uh, won today. So they're on a one-game winning streak. And <laughs> the Pistons yeah. have uh, lost one. So they're, the Pistons are 4-6 and six in their last 10. The Rockets are 2-8. and eight, And then, uh, yeah, obviously the Thunder... Zero and ten. So, uh, big yeah, that's that. All right. So the next question I want to throw your way. We've been getting some uh, getting some good posters and some good dunks, especially over the last couple of weeks. So, what or who is your current dunk of the year? Oof. Tilby. I mean, I can't <sighs> nail down. Bless you. I can't nail down a specific one. Um, but I mean, I'm just generally in awe of uh, Miles Bridges. Like anything he's been doing over the last, like he's been pulling out every time I go on Instagram on the NBA page, there's something Miles Bridges related. And I think he was pulling out some bangers today as well. So, um, yeah, I'll just put me down for Miles Bridges, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Miles Bridges and, he, and his dunk on Capella the other day as, as my dunk of the year at the moment. Um, it's, it's narrowly jumped ahead of Anthony Edwards, uh, yeah, postering Utah a Actually, couple of weeks I, back. So I was I was <clears throat> going to say if I can't change it, I'll go an honourable mention for the dunk that Zach Levine did in practice, where he sort of like spun and like threw it beneath his legs on the bounce, and then was doing like a three sixty, and then caught it one hand. Like it was insane. Yeah, I'd never did, seen it. Look like real. It. Did not look real. <laughs> JP, what about you? What are what are you saying is your current dunk of the year? Uh, well. Jar had some pretty nasty dunks over the past week or so, but the one that just pops in my head is Anthony Edwards. It's probably still the one to be. Still really vicious, yeah. It's so <laughs> aggressive, so aggressive. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer for that one. Like mm. a good dunk is great to watch. But the next question definitely has a definitive correct answer. And to the nearest point one, what is Steph Curry's current three-point shooting percentage? As of today, obviously April 19th, 2021. Tilby, what is... Steph currently shooting from three. You see, so you said to the nearest point one. Yeah, I'll give it to you to the point one. So that's that's where I'll, I'll like, set the score at. Do you mean like point oh oh one? No. So let's say <laughs> that's getting I'm, too I'm far. just going to say, <laughs> you know, it's not seventy, but like seventy point two, seventy point three. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going to say. Ya. I'm going to say. Same thing. Seventy two point three. What? He's he's been on a tear. He's been. Nailing the, it. Are we talking for the season? For the season, yeah, not just like for uh, the last two weeks. Okay, well, so let's redo that. Shoot redo from that. the hip. That's his yeah. answer. <laughs> Bullshit. I hate this. 72%. System. <laughs> 72%. Uh, it's it's 47.2%. Um, I had 41%, and JP, you were close. You just uh, got a bit dyslexic. It's 42.7%. Ah, the I, system is untenable. I hate it. <laughs> I heard someone talking about it recently. I knew there was a seven in there. 42.7%. <laughs> okay. And the last question for... 
The Eight. NBA Player of the Month award has been around since the 1979-1980 season, with Moses Malone being the first recipient of said award. Who has won the award the most out of anybody? We're talking active, no longer active, retired. We're talking every player in history since the you know 79-80 season. Who has won the most NBA Player of the Month awards? Tilby, where you going? LeBron. You going with LeBron? Yeah. JP, where are you going? I, I was going to say LeBron too because of the longevity. Simply, it's hard to think like what 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 season is he in now? This is this is fifteenth or sixteenth. He was he started in the like got drafted in two thousand and four, mm. two thousand five. So he's had like a, had like a fifteen year prime versus like a <clears throat> you know the next one down would probably be MJ with like a ten. Year prime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Of actually, of playing career, I guess. Yeah, I'll go LeBron as well. Boring, but uh, I also <laughs> had LeBron. And yeah, so to give you an idea, um, if we're going to go from, say, fifth all-time all the way to number one, Shaq's got 12, KD has 14, MJ has 16, Kobe has 17, and LeBron James has 39. Oh, 39 Player of the Month awards. <laughs> 39. Oh, so I guess the uh, LeBron sympathizers are going to use that in their uh, debates over who is the, the GOAT, but I mean, yeah. the stats don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking Player of the Month awards, most definitely like KD, like from, from 2010 to 2017, 14's not a bad a bad effort. Like if he manages yeah. to play another another 10 years, very unlikely, you know, he could get yeah. to into the late 20s, but I don't think anyone's going to touch that 39. I think Luca ha- being having that youth on his side is a is a potential candidate. Even Zion, he's only 20, so that who scares knows. me. <laughs> yeah. We could be like in our late 40s and Zion and Luca will still be playing. <laughs> uh, Which is crazy. Like Luca Luca's got one so far, Zion has none. So, uh, no. but as you said, they're still they're still babies. So, yeah, they got. I don't think I don't think Zion's going to have a long, long, long career. But Luca, yeah, I definitely knees. could see him uh, <laughs> crawling up those standings. But yeah, thirty nine from LeBron James boggles the mind. Insane. Mind but that brings us to the end of. And he's only got two MVPs as well, LeBron. It goes back to what I was saying at the start of the of the episode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it could, could all be about form, but anyway, it's we yeah. end on that bombshell. Um, want to thank you all for listening for another episode of Hoop Dreams. If you've got any comments, questions, queries, concerns, or complaints, you can always do so with the hashtag Hoop Dreams. You can follow what we're all doing on 8-Bit at we are 8 bit And while you're there, why not to throw us some some loose change over at our Kofi page, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. Send us a little donation uh, for as little as $5, I believe. And uh, you can gain access to plenty of other 8-bit quality goodness. And uh, anything else from anyone? No, I'm pretty good. I was going to actually do a fake and say that I'd never press record just to get you guys angry and see the reaction, but I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a positive man. I wouldn't get angry. I would I'd, just be disappointed. I'd be disappointed, but then I'd also realize it's a week off from recording, so we can just you know relax. <laughs> we'll just do it all again next week to, to rile you up because I know how, that, how much that uh, annoys you. But uh, 
Brendan, where can people follow you? Uh, follow me on them socials at Brendan 8-Bit. Obviously, as a collective, all of us at uh, We Are 8-Bit. But uh, yeah, hunt me down on the on the socials, on the gaming platforms. You know, you want to play some games, you want to talk some nonsense, you want to eat some donuts, hit mm. your boy up. Excellent stuff. And Jono? You can catch me at Jono himself. And you can follow me on pretty much all socials at It's Tilby. But from me, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John O'Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming.